Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Chargers podcast back after a couple of weeks, well a week away should I say, um, with a couple of news items. One obviously being the new head coach Brandon Staley who we're welcoming in. Uh, we've badly timed this actually because he's just about to kick off his introductory press conference that we're recording all over which uh, I have to sit down and watch later on. But also obviously a couple of days ago before we started recording on Thursday evening, Philip Rivers retired. So we've obviously got to talk about that as well, because obviously for myself and yourself, pretty much, you know, apart from the past season, only quarterback that we've ever known, really. Yeah, I mean, it was it was sad to see him go over to the Colts for one more year, but obviously now now he's fully retired. Um, what a great servant he was for us um, and that one year for the Colts as well. I was, I was really rooting for him against the Bills, to be honest. Um, once we were out of contention, obviously it was, for me, it was kind of like, that's cheer on Rivers, see how far he can get. But obviously the Bills are just a better team on the day. But coming back to Rivers and what he's done for us as a franchise, I mean, if anyone says he's not a Hall of Famer, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like the numbers he's put up, fifth full-time um in most aspects, to be honest, behind Braze, yeah. uh, Breeze, Brady, um, and a couple of other guys as well. Um, but just he's, like you said, just his enthusiasm for the game, um, a real leader, um, and like I said, what, what a magnificent quarterback we we had for uh, them sixteen years. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. I completely agree. I mean, an absolute legend of the game. I think I've been saying to a lot of people online and in person and things like that that. Uh, the NFL will miss him. It won't just be the Chargers fans or, you know, to some small degree, the Colts fans that have had him play for their team. It'll be the whole NFL. Yeah. You, know, you saw a lot when the when the announcement was made and over the past couple of days, Philip was like, best mic'd up moments, best like comments in press conferences, best moments on the field and things like that. And, yeah. you know, almost like universal like approval and like positivity towards Philip Rivers. I don't think you'll find too many players or, you know, people that have come across him that don't just respect him as a person and a player. And yeah, we were, we've been so lucky to have him, you know, for, you know, the whole length of my fandom, apart from like you said, last, uh, the last season. And, um, you know, blessed with a lot of Philip Rivers moments, a lot of these moments that have been coming up and being shown on social media and the like that we were kind of a part of and, and kind of there for in a way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he'll be, he'll be missed for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my, one of my favourite ones was from JJ Watt. Um, and he put, I'll never forget lining up for a play and Philip pointing to one of our linebackers and telling him that he was lined up wrong because the blitz that we were just about to do. And JJ Watt said he was 100% right. The linebacker was in the wrong spot. <laughs> He's like one of the smartest competitors I've ever played against. Um, and uh, good luck in your retirement, basically what uh, JJ Watt said. I mean, people don't give him credit enough for just being an absolute teacher on that line when, like I said, he was kind of having another head coach in most of the time when, since, since we were a charger, um, that it was like having two head coaches on the field. He was that good. So yeah, it will be a, it will be a sad miss for the NFL. We've, we, we have lost some characters over the last few years and he will be probably in the top three of that list of characters that have been lost. So yeah. Um, obviously he's not died. So let's not worry about <laughs> <too much. laughs> But um, just as, just as the NFL respect. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a sad one for the NFL. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's, I, I actually watched that video of, of uh, the Houston game that with the, what, um, what he was commenting on actually just yeah. before we recorded, I was kind of going through a few things on Chargers Instagram and just all the kind of tributes to him and, and things like that. And yeah, he's had some fantastic moments and that is what he was known for, isn't it? Being literally the smartest guy on the field. And like you said, you summed it up perfectly with kind of being a head coach on the field and, and that leader that he was as well. And, you know, as much as we all love Justin Herbert, we do kind of miss that a little bit, I think, even even now. And 
Um, you know, not to make the comparison too much and too heavily, you know, this is just about Philip Rivers, but yeah, provider of many great moments on and off the field for sure. I think, I mean, I'm terrible for like recency bias and things like that, but my one of my favourite Philip Rivers moments is from fairly recently, the playoff game against Baltimore when he ran for that third down. Yeah. Um, obviously, <laughs> I think we would have commented on it on the podcast, but he's yeah. uh, he's not obviously known for that. And it was obviously in such a big game. And if I if memory serves, it was pretty late on in the game and it pretty much sealed it. And it felt like the momentum was like pretty much like slamming the door in the face, making that third yeah. down. And uh, yeah, the, the point, which obviously you see on social media, point for the first down and Keenan Allen going absolutely mad over it. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it's not just stuff like that. I mean, I suppose that sums up what I'm about to say, like in terms of like the grit and determination to make the play. But, you know, going back to the 2007 AFC Championship game where we played on a bro- uh, broken, uh, uh, well, a torn ACL yeah. against the Patriots. And, you know, a lot of Chargers fans who've been Chargers fans longer than probably URI say that Chargers probably would have gone to the Super Bowl if that wasn't the case and yeah. uh, you know it was, it was unfortunate that was was the way it had to play out and um you know that's one thing going back to the hall of fame comment that you men- mentioned before that's one thing that does get leveled at him doesn't it that he never got over the hump and got a ring um yeah probably in the conversations of best players never to to get one and you know when when he's actually gone in a, in a year or so people start bringing that up but I don't think it can be measured by that and like you said before I completely agree that it's a hall of famer um you know just by the sheer numbers longevity also the personality plays into it as well for sure um and i don't feel really see how anyone can can say he isn't no i, I mean i don't i think that you can't use wins in to display hall of fame like it's just you he's not had great luck as in with he's been on bad teams for some some part of his career do you know what i mean like mm. because he's not won the super bowl not had many playoff wins or maybe sometimes not had many regular season wins in some some seasons, but stat wise, he has put up huge, huge stats. Um, and like you just, he was he's kind of been him, Roethlisberger, um, Brady, Breeze, the ones we've kind of taken for granted now. They they have dawned the new NFL era. They're, it's now become a pass happy league because of these guys. Like mm. what they've introduced to the league has completely transformed the NFL to what we know today. So regardless of what they've got, Super Bowl rings, etc., what they put up stat-wise, like for most touchdowns and most yardage, and they're all in, they're all top 10 guys that we, we're watching now that are sort of late 30s, early 40s guys. And they've recreated the NFL, and they should be in the Hall of Fame for that very reason, because they've recreated what we know today as the NFL. That's a great point. Yeah, I really like that. It's a really, really good point. Um, you know, it'll be debatable because people will accuse of us of bias and being like homers in terms of, you know, rooting for the Chargers and the Chargers legend. Um, and it will be it will be debated over the next few years until obviously he either goes in first ballot or not. I mean, whether he goes in first ballot or not, I feel, feel like he'll make it at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll be well-deserved in my book at least. So um, yeah, thanks thanks for the memories, Phil, I guess is, is my uh, message um, for this one. Definitely. So, obviously, moving on to our sort of second news item, um, back into the present day. Um, like I said, but Brandon Staley's probably just about being unveiled as the Chargers head coach, and um, yeah, it's it's a it's one that's come up on the rails on us, really, isn't it? It wasn't one that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about our prospective head coaches. You know, we were nailed on for Brian Dabble, and uh, you, you know, you you were kind of favouring Robert Saller a little bit, and we only mentioned uh, Brandon Staley being a kind of dark horse almost. 
yeah, we said that um, we had our two favourite guys or who we thought that might be the, the hot hot guys for the seat. Um, and then obviously we did mention Brady, um, Staley and Smith as sort of the next tier down as probably favourites bookie-wise who's going to take the job. And then obviously momentum started building. Um, it was literally over that last weekend of the NFL games. Um, and then as soon as a couple of the the sort of dominoes fell in some respects. Urban Meyer took the job and then Salah took his job. Um, and then over that weekend, uh, they invited Staley back for the second interview. That was when we kind of, it was kind of like it's dab old Staley sort of thing. So you kind of knew it was going to happen. And then I went to bed, woke up and he was already signed. So it kind of just came out of nowhere from dab old was definitely going to be uh, signed, sealed, delivered. Um, probably Monday morning if the Bills went out to then Monday morning, Staley's the new head coach. There was obviously, it was obviously one of Telesco's guys that they say that they, they got their guy through the building. And um, I think that he's going to be a really, really good head coach for us. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of optimism that's kind of grown because, you know, as I mentioned before, I've kind of nailed on wanting Brian Dabo. I wanted an offensive, offensive kind of minded guy to kind of bring on Herbert. And I think, that was the kind of mindset that a lot of Chargers fans had. That was kind of my reading of social media anyway. But over the week or so that we've kind of been away and not podded, I think that a lot of people have kind of dug into Brandon Staley, you know, a lot of the beat report guys, a lot of the fans have kind of dug into him a little bit more. And then we've realised that he used to be a quarterback and he used to be, you know, on the staff with Sean McVeigh, who comes from the Kyle Shanahan tree. And there's going to be a little bit, a little bit of this uh, offensive stardust that's kind of rubbed off on him shortly. Yeah, you know, so we think that you know there's something there in terms of for both sides of the ball. Yeah, I would definitely say that. I think that they Telesco is obviously Herbert is pretty much one of the biggest focal points now for the franchise. So whoever the head coach was going to come in, they must have had a clear vision of what they wanted for Herbert. So even though we've gone for the defensive coach, which in some respects I did think that we might flip it on its head because we've had offensive coaches for the last three, so we've gone now defensive for the first time from the last three coaches. So I think that now he's flipped it on his head. I think that there's still a, a clear vision there, what they want to do for um, Herbert and the offence. And I think that you'll kind of get the gist of what he wants to do in the coming days, because I think that they'll will have by that time the offensive coordinator in place. And then I think you'll start to get this little vision and, and sort of you'll be able to see into the future in some respects that this is kind of what he wants to plan and this is how we're going to work. So I think that it's, it's really, really exciting times now with, with now with Staley through the door, it's just each domino falling of which some coaches go in, a few coaches getting hired, et cetera. So they'll probably announce probably a couple of coaches, maybe even now they might even announce one or two coaches while Staley's press in, um, interviews going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely over the coming days, we'll start to have a clearer picture of how this coaching's, um, roster's going to look. Yeah, for sure. And we'll come on to we'll come on to sort of assistant coaches and coordinators in a second. But one thing that's really excited me a lot over the past few days since he was confirmed as the new uh, Chargers head coach is the amount of other players around the league that have come out kind of in support of him, you know, saying that he works like super hard. He's like a defensive genius and stuff like that. And that was one headline that I actually did come across that he is the defensive Sean McVeigh. But, you know, when you've got players like Jalen Ramsey, you've got Aaron Donald, you've got players from like the Bears, uh, coaches from the Bears, coaches from the Denver Broncos, you know, all these guys coming out and saying that this guy's like changed my life or he's like made me the better player and the better man that I am today. It's, super, it's so exciting, you know, because 
uh, something that's been mentioned a fair bit, you know, apart from Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, the Rams defense is made up of like late round picks or guys that kind of fell off the wagon and kind of been scooped up. You know, I'm thinking of like Leonard Floyd or like some of the undrafted guys or yeah. six, seven round guys. On the face of it, the Chargers defense has been a bit more expensive to put together. So you'd think that you'd be able to get a tune out of them. Yeah, I think that there's he's got a detailed plan for this entire roster for sure. I think that obviously we've got some really big franchise guys, but there's also quite a few guys that are going into the free agency pool as well. So I think that it will be interesting, especially in the free agency period, it will be interesting to see which are the guys he wants to bring back. And there's also a few guys that he's he's been a coach of previously that also are in that free agency pool. So will he want to bring in a mixture of the two, maybe get some guys that he knows that he can play in certain roles that he's going to be familiar with, and then obviously still keep the core of the, guys that he's got in the building and then and then drop a few gems in as well so I think that there's going to be a clear picture for him in regards to what he wants scheme wise and then I think that some of the players will move around but I don't think there'll be too much movement in some respects where some of the front or some of the fans might be worried about oh how does Bosa fit how do these fit I think mm. Staley is one smart cookie and I think that you'll kind of get a gist of that especially during the off season of how all these dominoes and all these jigsaw pieces will fall into place. So I think that it's going to be it's going to be a really really good off season, especially a sizable off season for um, how the defense will look as well. Yeah, absolutely, certainly. It's uh, it's really exciting to kind of move forward. And I was watching an interview actually the other day. I think it was a couple of days ago. I was watching an interview of say the one who's introduced as the Rams defensive coordinator. And one of the questions that the interviewer asked him, I think it was like the Rams like in house like kind of TV um, like social media channel and he was like so the Rams staying at a 3-4 and Brandon said like without even a moment's hesitation said yes I think that has been raised quite a lot on Chargers social media you know there's been a few conversations going around about that and then as you mentioned I think one of the big things as you rightly said was that where does Bosa fit into that you know because he's not like a stand up off the edge kind of outlaw side linebacker kind of thing but the Rams played a lot of nickel and dime you know the, the the base defense now is kind of almost like a secondary thing you know barely anyone plays any base defense snaps anymore mm-hmm. so I don't think it's going to be a massive problem and moving or figuring out where to move the likes of Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray uh, doing James around to kind of maximize pressure and, and things like that uh, is a good problem to have you know if you can get it right then it can be coming at the offense or defensive line more specifically from angles that they don't expect and in, in clever ways. So yeah, it, it, it kind of excites me to be honest, have these problems and have this kind of new fresh look kind of to the defense and maybe get a bit more out of them than what we've been seeing, because, you know, as much as Gus Bradley's system has its, has its uh, virtues and, you know, there's some good things about it and it certainly did work um, for periods, especially like the couple of seasons ago when we went to the playoffs for the Chargers, but it kind of felt a bit outdated by the time, you know, well, now that he's kind of left and hopefully continues to be so when he's uh, in Las Vegas, where, where he's kind of ended up now. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a very exciting time. And I feel like the kind of base defense side of thing isn't really that big of a problem moving forward, to be honest with you. I, does no. it worry you at all? No, not really. I think that one of the things that you kind of get the gist with Staley is that, Certain certain coaches, they if they come up against one team, they'll play that that defense. They'll they'll come up against the next team, they'll play exactly the same. But I think with Staley, I think that he's he's going to be a master strategic, uh, and it, I think that he'll be able to. Every week, you'll see different aspects of ha- 
taken away their best, the offense's best options. And I think that you're going to, you're going to see that of course the whole season that you'll think that you're going to be lining up in some ways, but I think that that's just the base, like you said. And I think that how they manipulate the playing against the offense, the offense that they're going against, I think they'll just take away individual stars each, each week in different ways. And I think that, how that will develop over the season. I think that people don't need to worry too much, like you said, about they're sticking to this formation. I think that, that, mm-hmm. that he's light years ahead of the old defensive schemes now. I think that how what I've learned from him just by doing some research on him this week, that he will he will be in the film room every week studying his heart out against each of these um, teams he's going to come up against. And he'll pick apart in different ways not the same way, different ways every week that mm. you'll see the, the defense evolving week after week after week, um, to, like you said, to nullify them offenses. So I think that just because they, he plays a 4-3, I think that he will that will be the base, but I think that that's how he likes to set up because he likes to use disguise that we've been mm. asking for. And I think that how, um, like you said, he likes to take away the pass way before he likes to take the way a run. So I think that how the three, four set sets up and adding, adding the uh, extra uh, defensive back in as well, it will completely nullify a lot of people's passing game. And especially in our division where you've got the chiefs as well, that I think that um, we, we need someone like Staley to be able to come up with some sort of game plan against Mahomes. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, and it, you know it's going to be all about the roster building, and also like you say, building out the the rest of the staff. So, you know, we've done a few podcasts on you know recruitment in, in one way or the other. So it'd be interesting now to kind of look at it maybe in a few weeks and put a different spin on it. Now that we know that maybe the formations are going to be different, maybe you know we've got a different sort of uh, emphasis on on coming from the head coach as well. But let's um, let's flip it over to kind of talking about the assistants and the kind of rest of the staff and. Um, you know, there's a few names in the mix and uh, I'm going to allow you to do a bit of a victory lap now because obviously over the past couple of days we've been talking about it and uh, you plucked a name out of nowhere and it seems like it's on the way, but not for defensive coordinator, it seems, I don't think. Yeah, it looks like you might be defensive line coach. Um, yeah. I, um, when I did a little bit of research to start with, with um, Staley, obviously we knew he's a, a Vic Fangio uh, disciple um, and obviously he was at the, at the Bears um, and then went to the Broncos with Fangio. But when he was at the Bears, um, Jay Rogers was there um, and he's been there. F- and even when Nagy took over, he was still there, but his contract was up. Um, so when I was looking into who Staley had previously worked with, obviously at the Broncos and um, Chicago, um, I just saw obviously, and I was like, Jay Rogers' contract's up. Like that makes too much sense. Like mm. how is that like, you don't even have to go to the bears and ask for permission. You can just go, do you want to come and join? So, and obviously that bears D line has just been absolutely stout for the last sort of three or four years at least. Um, and it's just sort of it kind of just for me, just seemed like it was too good to be true. So yeah, I was, I'm really chuffed that hopefully that he does come over. Um, I was expecting him. They might even offer him the defensive coordinator uh, position, but obviously they're still interviewing a few guys for that. So maybe they, They've got Rogers there, and maybe they're seeing if there would be another guy that can come in and maybe be the coordinator. But maybe if they're doing some of the interviews and no one really flicks the switch, then maybe Rogers might even be defensive coordinator. But at the moment, I'd probably say he's coming in as as the D line coach. But yeah, it was. Uh, I have to 
pat myself on the back for that one. It was actually <laughs> quite it was quite a good find. Like um, I, like you said, just just looking through some of the previous people that he worked with, and I was thinking, well, this guy's he's kind of sticks out. Like surely we have to hire this guy. Like he's worked with Staley, he's been working at the Bears, um, and they've had an absolute stout D line for the last four, uh, three or four years. Surely it just it's a mar- marriage made in heaven. So yeah. Um, yeah, I really hope that um, he comes across and it gets confirmed in the coming days. Yeah, it, it certainly seems like it. Um, it seems like the, the momentum's gathering for that one. And like you say, as the defensive line coach, uh, well, that's at least the rumour to begin with. And like you say, the, the Bears defensive line's really been the heartbeat of the, the defence and since ever since they brought over Kilomatic, really. And uh, yeah, to get a player like that, sorry, a coach like that, um, who apparently was like a candidate to become the Bears DC under Matt Nagy. So... He's, you know, he's on an upward trend as well, just like Brandon Staley is. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, by the looks of things, uh, Joe Berry, sorry, Joe Barry, excuse me, yeah. um, is coming over from the Rams as well. So, kind of sealing like another one of those defensive guys. Yeah. So, that could be like two sort of layers of the defense kind of sort of sewn up with new positional coaches. And then, like you say, just got to find like a, a defensive backs coach or a, a, a defensive coordinator. Couple of names in the mix. So we've got uh, Ronaldo Hill, who's been the DB's coach uh, for the Broncos, and um, Jonathan Gannon, who was the Colts defensive coordinator. Um, looking to maybe bring him over. Bring him over. So they're the kind of two interviews that I've seen. Have you, have you seen anyone else to kind of add on to that as well? Um, defensive wise, no, I haven't. Just just the two you've mentioned. They're the only ones. Obviously, I heard about. Um... Rogers, and then yeah, the only other one I literally just saw today that they. Um, it was Ronaldo Hill, but the one that's like the, the hot topic uh, the, is the defensive backs coach. Is that Gannon, the defensive mm-hmm. backs coach? Yeah, the def- um, for the Colts. So that seems to be the one that I think he's got an interview as well with the Bears. So I think there's yeah, a couple right. of teams. Yeah. There's a couple of teams that are sniffing around him. I think there's because the Colts have just lost um, Nick Sarini, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think there's, but there's. Um, probably a couple of them coaches on that Colts team that would be a pretty hot commodity at the moment. So yeah, maybe it would be it would be great if we got him as well. So I mean, then you're talking about some absolute studs there as a defensive, basically unit of four or five coaches there. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's like a bit of an all star cast then, isn't it? And you're right. It, what Jonathan Gannon is the, the DBs coach. I said I said defensive coordinator a second ago, but um, yeah, obviously uh, Matt Eberflus was in the mix uh, to be our head coach and I think he's yep. got a couple of other little mentions elsewhere I don't think he's getting hired but obviously working under him at the Colts is having some good effects on their sort of more junior coaches and uh, yeah if we can bring Gannon over that'll be uh, yeah another sort of feather in the cap on it to be um, you know to, to like I said build up this all-star defensive cast and then you're going to flip it over to the offense which seems to be a bit quiet at the moment it doesn't seem like there's too much going on on the offensive side of the ball yeah none at all at the moment it's, I think that because we've had because Bradley went, and then I think that a couple of other dominoes have fallen as well on the defensive side. If you actually go onto the Chargers uh, roster uh, for coaches, there's only four on D at the moment. One of them's a quality quality control one, um, and two of them are this, uh, assistant defensive. Uh, one's an assistant defensive back coach in uh, Addison Lynch, and uh, the defensive line one is Glover. So the only person actually left is Giff. So. <laughs> if so obviously I think that maybe you're they're trying to sort one one emphasis out um 
on the get all the coaches for D because if you go on the offensive one, no one's been no one's been sacked or gone. So you've got you still got eight coaches there still that are actually rostered on the Chargers website. So I think that you'll get a gist of it in the next like you said, the coming days where they're going to start scheming towards the offense and who they're going to, I think they were, there's already talk that they were bringing one guy in from the Raiders. Okay. Someone's, I think he was the tight ends coach at the Raiders last year. Um, and he's worked with Staley before. Um, so I think um, he's coming over um, and he's worked in some respects with the offensive line as well. I think that he was uh, part, I think he was part of the Bears um, when Staley was at the Bears, he was part. He was there working with the tight ends and um, offensive line. So I think that he's going to Staley's brought going to bring him over. And I think that you could probably say um, you could probably say goodbye to Alfredo Roberts and James Campen if that's true. James so, Campen has gone. There you go. So um, he got offered an interview. I can't remember where, but he's got offered an interview somewhere else. I think it was an NFC team. Right. to be their offensive line coach. Yeah. The other one that kind of got mentioned that got rebuffed was Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator for the Rams as well. So it would have been like a yeah. uh, kind of moving of like a lot of their staff, considering that we've got their linebackers coach as well. So that one got knocked back by the Rams, which obviously is their prerogative because he's not having a upwards move. It would have been the, the same uh, position, but just for the Chargers. Bit of a shame, but... You know, if that's who if that who's if that's who Staley kind of had his eye on, it's a bit of a shame. But yeah, you can kind of understand why the Rams wouldn't want to let him out of the building, especially to the crosstown rivals and especially when we've already taken their defensive coordinator and one of their other coaches as well. Yeah, definitely. I've just found it's Frank Smith, the tight ends coach from the Raiders, is leaving to become part of Staley's group. So um but yeah, he worked with he's worked with um the O line and the run game as well. So it could be that he's kind of going to be quite um, a key figure in the offensive plan if he's worked with tight ends, the run game and the O-line. So I think that he might be quite, and if he's one of the first hires as well that Staley's brought in, it's obviously quite clear that he wants to be him as one of the focal points around that offense as well. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see over the coming days who they're going to announce. But yeah, it was a shame that obviously it did did seem that they wanted O'Connell. And then there is still is talk that they might try and get one of the other guys in from the Rams. Um, on that offensive side of the ball, um, but we'll we'll see in the coming days. But it will be interesting to see who he puts together. Yeah, definitely. Because um, as much as we're kind of really excited about the defensive side of the ball and kind of talking about this all star coaching, uh, all star coaching cast, uh, we still want some input in the offensive side of the ball because we still got a potential superstar quarterback to develop and. Um, you know, it all can't focus on one side of the ball as much yeah. as I'm sure Brandon Staley will, will help in the development of Justin Herbert for sure, as being an ex-quarterback himself. But yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of see where that develops and where that goes in the next few kind of days and, and weeks. I can't see the, the search going on too long, especially if they're pretty much hot on it to find the defensive side of the ball and, and kind of feel those positions. So um, yeah, kind of keep your eyes out for that one, I guess. Is there anyone in particular that you think that you quite like, or have you looked into anyone that you think that would be quite a good hire? You, you put me right on the spot there, haven't you? Sorry, bud. <laughs> I said to you, didn't I, the other day, that um, obviously because all the Texans are having a bit of a, uh, they're just in a bit of dire straits at the moment. Mm. I said to you that um, Tim Kelly might be available, which is the uh, quarterbacks and uh, offensive um 
play caller for the Texans. So that could be a possibility if they want to go and just knock, because obviously, again, the likelihood is whoever's going to come in as the head coach of the Texans is probably going to want to bring in his own staff and then you'll see Kelly. And I think that Kelly's done a pretty good job with that Texans offense over the few years. I think it's just been their defense that's let them down dramatically, really. Um, uh, they, they're always there putting up points. I know that it does help that you've got Deshaun Watson and stuff, but they do seem to be... Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, I think that he's a pretty... I think that he'd be a pretty good explosive because he, he he's not afraid to sling, sling balls down the field for Fuller and Cooks, etc. So I think that might be quite an explosive hire if they, they do look at Tim Kelly from the Texans. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good shout. I mean, it's it's not something that I've really put too much thought into. Maybe I'll have to have a little bit of a a little bit of a search around in my mind about who I'd want, um, and maybe come up with some uh, you know, some alternatives and some shouts for the next podcast. But no, it's not something I've actually come across and some kind of thought of. Um, maybe I'll have a little dig into the college ranks. I'm not sure they'll they'll, they'll do that, but that's kind of my natural habitat. So uh, we'll yeah. see. But I can't really think of anyone who would kind of jump off the page who would be really innovative and because that's what we want. We don't want to kind of like match up Brandon Staley with a kind of old school offensive kind of mind. We kind of want someone from that McVeigh mold, you know, Shanahan mold, who's going to be innovative and kind of run a creative offense that we've kind of been lacking, haven't we, for the past like eight years <laughs> since we've had Lynn and McCoy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure is my, is my honest answer, but I'd be excited to see who they come up with. Yeah. Do you feel like, obviously, we were all big fans of Pep Hamilton. Do you think that kind of ship sailed on that one? Just for um, one night a job, or there's 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 talk that there's a, he's been interviewed. He's going to get some interviews um, the around Dolphins the league. Were, yeah, the Dolphins. Them. Yeah, um, and I think that even the Seahawks have, have asked as well permission for um, to speak to him as well. So I think they're. I think that because of what he's done with Herbert, that there will be, it'll be, I'll be shocked that if teams aren't knocking the door just to have a conversation with him. Um, but then it will come back to the, maybe the rapport that he's built with Herbert. I think that there is still a possibility that he remains the quarterback coach with the, with the Chargers. I think that just with how that little pool's developed, kind of, if I was Staley, I'd be saying, I don't really want to break the band up if that, if that's and he, I think that Hamilton would work well with Staley in some respects because I think that it's not going to be Hamilton's he's not going to be pulling any strings in that respect but as a guru for develop the development of Herbert and the um having someone for Herbert to be able to talk to and 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 chat with and and basically develop with I think Pep Hamilton is 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 just as good as anyone else that he, they can bring in so in regards to running an offense I wouldn't say that Pep Hamilton will have much much sway in that respect but as a link between Staley and Herbert I think that he's as good as anyone that they could get in so I think that trying to keep him around I wouldn't try and stop him having interviews if that's the way they want to go but yeah, sure. I wouldn't be I wouldn't come straight through the door and stay right Pep you're gone someone else is gone if you haven't really got an idea I mean that I know that he has got an idea of what he wants to do but obviously you know in the charges they never really divulge much but I I can see that maybe Hamilton might still remain um, as a quarterbacks coach because I don't think that Staley's just going to come in and just completely clear clean slate. I don't think everybody in that coaching staff is going to be gone. I think there'll be two or three that will still remain. 
Potentially. Yeah, potentially. Um, it'd be interesting to see because it's not been kind of announced, has it, that they kind of let go everyone else who's kind of coached under Lynn or anything like that, as you mentioned before. So, yeah, it'd be an interesting one to kind of keep our eyes out for anyone who is retained. Um, I'm not sure if the, the ship has sailed because obviously it's under a completely different coaching staff. And like you say, Pep's going to probably have some offers from around the league, maybe as offensive coordinator. And, you know, he'd probably be wise to take up that move if he if he got the opportunity. But, um yeah, it'd be interesting one to keep uh, keep an eye on. You mentioned the Seahawks a minute ago, and I'm going to I'm going to introduce a little bit of a shout from the college ranks. And um, the Seahawks were after Clemson's offensive coordinator Tony Elliott. Yeah, so he's getting NFL looks, and I wonder if the Chargers will kind of look that way as well. Obviously, Clemson's still got, um, you know, <laughs> they've still obviously got a lot of uh, good coaches in there, so they could probably promote someone from within to, to replace him immediately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he'd be one, who, and I know, like I said before, you kind of twigged my mind there saying the Seahawks, and I know that he was getting looked at a couple of weeks ago, maybe just after the, or just before the national championship game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that may be a one from the college ranks off the top of my head, but I like it. that is maybe only because you mentioned the Seahawks. I don't know how much kind of truth that will be. But obviously, you know, Seahawks, sorry, not Seahawks, sorry, the Clemson Tigers, obviously, one of the most dominant college football teams in the, you know, <laughs> in, in the college ranks. And I've always had a great offense and I've always had a lot of good, good offensive talent there. So that would maybe be one name, as I mentioned, to, to kind of keep an eye on because I know that, like I said, for the NFL to kind of look in, but, you know, I don't know. I'll have a proper look for the next podcast. That'll be my homework to kind of look into to other names for the offensive side of the ball if they don't beat us to it and kind of... Yeah, uh... they probably beat us, we'll, we'll beat us to it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but if they don't, I'll, I'll come prepared next week um, for, uh, for that, kind of, uh, that kind of question. Yeah, cool. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, I would kind of be excited to kind of see what Brandon Staley has been saying in his interview, but um, is there anything else that you kind of want to mention or anything like that? Or should we get out of there? Yeah, I think that what we've said, we'll, we'll come back in a couple of weeks once we maybe they've announced who they've got and we can kind of get more of a gist of where they're going direction-wise with D and on offence. So, and then like, maybe we can try and do the, um, just before the free agency kicks off again, because obviously that's not, really that far away now he's talking mm. about probably eight weeks um and maybe we can put our game plans together for the um offense and see once now the coaches are in place how how we're gonna dabble in free agency and then who we'd look at in the draft so we could maybe put a, a special uh, offensive plan together and then a special defensive plan together absolutely yeah sounds fantastic so yeah um brandon said he's in we're very excited about it. Uh, come back next week. We'll be talking about offensive coordinator, hopefully, and other coaching staff hires that we might have confirmed by that time. And then in the near future, we'll be talking about how we're going to kind of rebuild the Chargers and, and get them to take on the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for the 2021 season. But yeah, um, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.